You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. In the name of Jesus, amen. Jesus says, For as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. Watch, therefore, for you do not know neither the day nor the hour. Now, the devil would like us to be tricked at this point into thinking that Jesus couldn't possibly be so blunt. He can't really mean what he says. There's got to be clues here for very, very spiritual people who can somehow peer behind or through the Bible's text to discern the deeper mysteries about the end of time. The devil tempts in this way, and our flesh is quick to capitulate. Why is that? Why why do we desire to get behind what Jesus says about the end of time? It's because our flesh desires to sneak into the glories of God's secret counsels, to become like him, or perhaps even greater than him. But you know this is a doomed endeavor. (laughs) And this is exactly what Adam and Eve discovered when they tried to lay bare the divinity by tearing off the clothing of his external word, it ended in their death. And this teaches us that when God speaks, we listen. And when the Lord remains silent, we stand in fear and trembling. In fact, Luther often puts it like this, when the Lord is silent, we worship with reverence and fear. So what do the scriptures say about the end of the world? Jesus gives it to you straight. There's no code to decipher. There's no double meaning to his words. Jesus' arrival will be spectacular, but sudden. When the angels blast their trumpet, all the saints will be gathered from every end of creation. It could happen five minutes from now, five seconds from now, or it could be another 2,000 years from now. Now, when Jesus tells you these things, he doesn't want you to become frustrated with what you don't know, but he wants you to be comforted. Because rather than letting you try to plan your repentance around his return, Jesus desires that you always, every single moment of your lives, live in the grace of his word. And that is exactly why Jesus tells the parable this morning. You are to wait for your Lord, the bridegroom, in watchfulness, faith, and joy. The first implication I think we could draw from the parable of the ten virgins is that, well, this world and our lives are not going to go on forever. Uh, Just in the same way as the virgins' uh, short night of fitful sleep was short-lived, you know, uh, so it, it will be for life on this earth. The midnight cry will go out and... Suddenly, work days will be cut short. Vacation plans will be interrupted, and everybody, from from the old to the young, will lift up their eyes to see Jesus filling the skies. On that day, there isn't going to be any more time to to sort of game plan for the future, to to pay off those student loans, thanks be to God, or to, (laughs) to, to tell your sister that you're sorry, and that you want to hear that, that she forgives you, you know, or to repent in general and lead a godly life. And yes, we live in a time of grace right now, but 
it's not going to last forever. It's going to end. There is going to be a real judgment of the righteous and the unrighteous. And it is nearer right now than it was yesterday. Well, what about if the world isn't ending for another 2,000 years? Well, if it's not ending in in 2,000 years, it's certainly ending for you in your lives. If you're in the prime of your life, uh, you may try to ignore these sorts of sicknesses, accidents, and violence that overtake other people. But how do you think the attitude was for the 130 people who woke up in, in Paris, France, you know, two weeks ago? When they got out of bed, did you think they really expected that to be their last day? Now, when we see these, this, this sort of senseless loss of life, the first response of any Christian is to repent. Now, the temptation of youth may always be to put off such unpleasant thoughts, but you know it's just ignoring reality. And this is why the young need parents, both the young at heart and, you know, kids, actually. Parents, your experience is enough, believe it or not, to warn your kids. It's enough to warn and admonish them that you're not invincible. In the same ways you see me get sick or grow old and begin the process of dying, so it's going to be with you. You're wise enough to warn your children also that sins are never to be the object of, you know, exploration or investigation or curiosity. They are to be they are to be shunned always. And so warn and admonish your children to continue in the body of Christ, to faithfully hear Jesus preaching and his sacrament. Because even if the young don't give a thought about the devil and his lies, the devil is certainly thinking about them. And children, listen to your parents. Now, disasters and sudden deaths are certainly enough to rouse anybody to think about their own mortality. But we don't only think about our own mentality from this point of view, from the point of view of the world. Instead, Jesus gives us his gospel, which gives us a different kind of awareness, a different kind of wakefulness. Uh, It wakes us from the slumber of unbelief. Because unlike the other words of other doomsday prophets that you might find on street corners or in some of these weird, obscure places on the Internet, Jesus speaks with authority. He speaks with the authority of the only divine Son of God, begotten of the Father, who is himself God and knows God's heart. He speaks with the authority of someone who has known the plan of salvation from before the foundation of the world, who knew your very first day upon this earth and your very last day. Now, anybody can claim to, you know, these sorts of incredible things, but Jesus also speaks as one who heals the sick, who binds up the brokenhearted, who raises the dead, and who he himself is raised from the dead and now lives eternally at his Father's right hand. And so when Jesus speaks, it carries the authority of a man who has overcome all things, who has put all of his enemies under his feet. When he speaks, it's bound up with the Holy Ghost, who is even able to awaken the darkest and the hardest hearts of sinners, sinners like you and me. When Jesus speaks, we wake up to life, to true repentance. Now, when this happens, the devil's first 
obsession then is to lull you back into the, into the sleep of sin, to entice you with all kinds of different vices that you're going to find out there in the world, to harden your hearts into indulging in the iniquities from which you were cleansed through Jesus' blood. Now, St. Paul uses a wonderful example of this, you know, in, in the epistle lesson this morning. He talks about the, this, the vice of drunkenness. And I pray that none of you are familiar with this, but, but you know what St. Paul is talking about. Uh, when people drink, their senses become dull. You can't feel, you can't think, and you cease to care about what others think about you and what you think about yourself. You desire to wallow in sin, and then when that wallowing comes to an end, there's a dead-to-the-world sleep, which is ironically very restless. Rather than becoming hardened with the intoxication of our petty hates and excesses, St. Paul reminds you of who you are, who you have become in Christ. He says, but since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or sleep, we might live with him. You have been set aside from the darkness of this world, from the sleep of this world. You have been set aside because Jesus Jesus has called you by name. That's why you're here this morning, because Jesus has called you here. That's why you come back to church. That's why you think about your baptism. That's why you read your catechism and and, and read your holy scriptures. It's because you belong to Jesus. You're a creature of the day, not not of the night. Now, there's one last kind of slumber that we should watch out for, and I think it's the worst kind because it's so, it's so subtle. It's becoming bored or complacent, uh, with God's Word. With hearing, With hearing and learning God's word, you might think that the words of eternal life should always be exciting. And they are exciting. They really are. But we're tricked into thinking by our own flesh, by the voices in the world, and by the devil that it is not exciting. It's something to become, it's something that grows dull after you hear it over and over again. And so we think, yes, I've heard that I'm a sinner before, Pastor. Could you move on, please, to the next topic? Isn't there more interesting things in the Holy Scriptures? Uh, if the forgiveness of sins is truly as amazing as you say it is, why isn't that when I hear about it today, this Sunday, that my heart isn't burning within me? Now, if my heart doesn't burn within me when I hear about forgiveness and everlasting life, what does that mean about these words that you're saying, that you say that are Jesus' words? What if there's something beyond that that should get me excited? This temptation into the slumber of boredom is deadly. And even if you're tempted to think that you might spiritually be capable capable of deeper and better mysteries of the divine, uh, the fact is your forgiveness is the best that the Lord has to give you. He shed his own blood to pay for it. So against this satanic indifference, Whenever you see it settling in, even if your hearts don't burn with you, then at least pray against your flesh. Pray against it. 
pray to the Lord to that if at least I don't feel passionately about hearing about my forgiveness, my life, and salvation in Jesus, then at least I would trust in Jesus' word. And I can hope and trust in the fact that on the last day, I will have all the feelings that I know I should have when I hear this joyous message. Now, we've talked about three kinds of drowsiness. Uh, Pastor Wolfmuller would be proud, and I have two different lists in my sermons today. But... <laughs> Now we're going to talk about three kinds of wisdom, and the wisdom that you you find, the wisdom that you find in, in in the example of the five wise virgins. First, there's the wisdom of knowing who you are in the joy and the promises of the gospel, which are set before you. Now, if I had to concoct a parable about wakefulness or watchfulness, I might, you know, think back into my past and. Uh, come up with some sort of lame story about my time in the Marines when I was sitting on a flight line waiting to go on a combat mission or something like that. Uh, but that wouldn't be a very good parable because I was waiting for some and being watchful for something that wasn't in the end all that pleasant. <laughs> but Jesus, Jesus tells the very best parable you could possibly think of for watchfulness and wakefulness. He tells the parable of a, of, of a wedding banquet that's about to happen. He sets before you excitement and joy and delight because he wants you to know that you wait for something that's not dreary or you're not waiting for something that, that is going to be painful for you to endure, but you are waiting for the very best thing. You're waiting for the fulfillment of your hope before your very eyes. Second, there's the wisdom that sets aside a portion of God's word and faith so that when Jesus comes again in glory, you know that you're going to be confident and sure. Now, this is also, you, you notice that the, the five wise virgins had enough oil, right? Uh, and, and this is sort of an, an analogy for us because we also can set aside our good share of oil. <laughs> it's the oil of God's word. It's setting aside time to hear Jesus speak. It's time set aside to pray. It's time set aside to, to be here on Sunday morning to receive Jesus body and blood. Now, when we're filled with these, with these gifts, we are more than prepared for Jesus to return. We know that filled with these gifts, even if it doesn't seem like the devil is, is baring his teeth at us at the moment, we know that tribulations are sure to come because God's word, is, word has uh, prepared us for that. But instead of not knowing where to turn when those tribulations come, we're already in the Word of God. We're already being comforted. We already have hope. And so we learn to lean on Christ's strength. And we learn to pray for His Holy Spirit, that we would have this endurance and watchfulness. Finally, there's the wisdom of being awakened by the bridegroom, when he does come again. The cry will soon go out, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Now this kind of wisdom is really interesting. It's, it's, not a, it's not something you cultivate from within yourself. Instead, it's God's own wisdom. It's the wisdom that he has of uh, opening up your graves when he comes back. It's the wisdom that he, he, he started in your lives in your baptism. It's the wisdom that he nurtured within you when he gave you the mind of Christ when you heard the preaching of the word. And it's the wisdom that's finally fulfilled when you see Jesus face to face. 
Now, it's a good thing that we don't know when any of this is going to happen. I mean, you know that you have Christ now, that he is with you now, but to see him face to face, you don't know. But not knowing keeps us from getting too full of ourselves. It keeps us in the true humility of faith. And, most importantly, it keeps us watchful and our ears open and attentive, always to Jesus and his word. The Lord grant us this watchfulness always. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 915, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 1045 a.m. On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 830 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 930 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.